good morning. Happy Friday. It's World Hockey Report live coming on the 12-ounce Sports Radio Network. Cody Jansen with you. This great Friday. Day off for the World Juniors. Doesn't matter. Still plenty to talk about, of course. Show brought to you by Seat Giant. Use the promo code 12OZSports and you're going to save money on your next ticket buying purchase. SeatGiant.ca if you're in Canada. Canadian funds. None of that garbage coming your way from the States. And use the promo code 12OZSports. You'll save some money on your next ticket buying purchase. Already on today's show. Who impressed me the most at the World Juniors? I know we still got a few more games, but there's a lot of players who you're not going to see on TV anymore who had some pretty damn good tournaments. We're going to give them some love. Um, Getting to Janner's thoughts. Why is the U.S. Junior system failing? Another non-medal finish for them. I get it. Last year was good. They got a silver. But for the most part, that's a team underperforming, a country underperforming almost as a whole. So we will get into that. The Oilers, they blow a lead in Buffalo. Last night, Eichel with the overtime winner, outdoor classic. Talk about well, a little chippy game, you know. Perry with the suspension. Not always the, the most enjoyable thing to talk about. But hey, it happens. And then, of course, we're going to wrap this thing up with a little Canada-Finland preview. Yep, that's right. Canada-Finland preview. Semi-finals, World Juniors. It's coming up tomorrow, and you know we're going to be talking about it. Starting this one off, we're going to go with who impressed me the most at the World Juniors. Bunch of different options here. I mean, obviously... I'd love to pick a, a top five and, you know, have someone from every team kind of show everyone equal love, whatever. Not going to happen. No. Here's my top five. Agree or disagree? I don't care. Let me know. Hit us up on Twitter at World Hockey RPT. I'm on Twitter at Jenner31. Number five, he's a draft eligible. Kind of one of the teams that were uh, a little bit shocking. With how well they played, they played the Americans to a close one, let them a couple of times. They upset the Czech Republic. And you know what a big part of that? Tim Stutzel. Kid was incredible. Yes, he's already playing against men, so this isn't crazy for him. But still, big stage, bright lights. He only had five apples. He's got five apples in five games. No goals. But the way he moves the puck... The way he passes, his vision, boy. I mean, when everyone was saying top 10 pick for sure, I just kind of laughed it off. I said, all right, German player, top 10 pick. Like, what? what is this, another Moritz Sider? No. This kid is legit, and you got to check him out. Great hands, great vision. Literally everything that you're probably looking for in a player, he's got it. And that's why Tim Stutzel is my fifth player here. Number four. Impressive is, ah, it's kind of a selective word, but it's one I'll, I'll definitely use when it comes to Joel Hofer's performance. He doesn't start the tournament. You know, they give him the clear signal, hey, you're the backup. 
Nico Dawes is going. Dawes had two half-game shutouts in the pre-tournament action. So, all right. Hofer's on the bench. All of a sudden, Dawes not playing great against Russia. Hofer comes in. Boom. Grabs the ball. Runs with it. You love seeing that as a goalie. You do. You know, that is something that it's not easy to do. And it's impressive that he was able to, you know, work his way into that position and then be successful in that position. Joel Holford's numbers through pretty much four games. 9-2-3 save percentage for him. 1.65 goals against average. Now, yeah, it might be a little bit tough for him to, to put up good numbers when you're facing... 13, 15 shots a game because any more than one error, your save percentage sucks. You know, if you let two goals in, your goals against average is still going to jump. You're still going to be average. You have to be on every single shot. And even that goal against Slovakia yesterday, I mean, the guy just ripped it over his shoulder. That's a full-out clapper that I don't think there's too many goalies in this tournament that would make that save. I really don't. So Joel Holfer, he's my fourth most impressive player, player who impressed me the most at the World Juniors. Number three, we're going back to Germany for this one, Moritz Seider. I seen a, a tweet yesterday from a guy on Twitter, claims to be a former NHL scout. I don't know, I can't confirm or deny any of that. But to say that Moritz Seider was underwhelming in this tournament is wild. He plays 28 minutes a night on a team that, aside from their star four, I'd say star three. You get Sider, Bach, Stutzla. Aside from those three, the team is pretty underwhelming. And so they are relied upon heavily. He plays 28 minutes a night. He's a lead penalty killer. He runs the power play up top there with Stutzla. I don't know how that's underwhelming. I mean, if you didn't watch the games, sure, maybe his five assists, his point per game as a defenseman is underwhelming. I don't know how. He's big. He battles defensively. He was only on for one goal against on even strength. 5v5. That's even strength. One goal against in the tournament. Do you know who they played? In their round robin? Czech Republic was their easiest game. They beat them. They played the Americans. They played Canada. They played Russia. That's as tough as it gets, folks. And imagine being a defenseman tasked against covering all those guys' top lines. Pod Colson, Hayton, Caulfield, Turcotte, Zegris. Valeno, I mean, insane what that guy was tasked with. And that's impressive. That is one player. I know he's in the American League already, but he is going to be an impact NHL defenseman. He has it all. He has exactly what you want from a top-pairing defenseman on your NHL team. Give it a few years. It'll take time to develop. Guys don't have to break in right away. He's like a Kale McCarr, but still. He's going to be a stud. 
Second up, Alexei Lafreniere. I know he was injured, but when he has been in, he's been impressive. Six points, three games, only two goals, but still. One thing that really surprised me about him is his style of play. The way that he's been able to adjust has been very impressive. And I don't just say that because I think that, you know, he was underrated or kind of less skilled than others. But he really brings a different dynamic to the table. When he's going hard on the forecheck, when he's laying the body, when he's doing more than just producing offensively. That's when Alexei Lafreniere really, really makes the most of his opportunity here at this tournament. Because he is bringing a totally different aspect to his game that no one really knew about. In the Quebec Major League, you don't need to have that physical aspect. It's not that physical demanding league. It's a high scoring league. It's not the dub. Even the O for some of it is a little bit more physical. But it's just a different style. I know they're both major juniors. But yeah, Lafreniere, very impressive. Can't wait to see what he do. I mean, the, the, the stage is just going to get bigger, right? So what can he do against, well, got one coming up here, semifinals, Finland. A team that doesn't allow goals. Somehow Switzerland beat them and beat them handily. I don't know. That Ananen, he's been good, like lights out numbers-wise. Lights out against the Americans. But yeah, maybe that game against Switzerland, not as pretty. Seems to have a little bit of issue up top. Moves well on the bottom. But hey, still pretty impressive. But he's not the number one. It's another goalie though. Yaroslav Askarov. Everyone's, oh my goodness, did you not see that first game? Yes. It's the first game... For a draft-eligible goaltender with all the hype, he's playing on enemy territory in the Czech Republic in front of, I don't know, 10,000 people, whatever. He's never played in front of an atmosphere like that. I have to say, I don't think the VHL, I don't even think the KHL would have anything similar to that. So, it's a totally different ball game. And as a young goaltender... To be able to shake that off in the same tournament? When Mikheyev, whatever their other goalie's name is, got the hook, Askarov's got to come in, and he's going to do that? That's impressive. That's a young goaltender putting a short tournament in his rearview mirror. And now he's grinding it out. He made some big saves against Switzerland. Don't kid yourself. There's a lot of potential in that kit. A lot of potential. And the, the reason why I say he's the most impressive is because, I mean, Russia had some struggles. Like, they lost against the Czech Republic. And it's, it's not as dominant as a Russian team as you'd think. Yeah, sure, they crushed Canada and they played good, but Canada played horrible. 
And so for, for Askarov, he's coming, he's kind of calmed that boat a little bit because when they're not playing out of their minds, they're, you know, they're a pretty normal team and they're going to have a huge test against Sweden. So this is really where it comes down to. What can Askarov do and just the way he plays and when he's on his game, when he's in the zone, he's incredible. He's calm, he's big, he moves well. Where he got burnt against the Czech Republic, a couple of clean shots that beat him that normally I don't think would. It is a 19-year-old tournament. It is, you know, use whatever cliche, say whatever you want. But Askarov is an elite-level goaltender. Loves to play the puck. That's a huge help for anyone. I see we got to go to commercial. Producer trying to wrap this one up. Hey, uh, I got a couple of honorable mentions, though. I know the Americans lost out, but Spencer Knight, still a great goaltender. I mean, what a first-round pick. Yep. He is going to be an NHL starter one day in the Florida Panthers. I don't think they're going to be able to dish off that Bob contract, because so that kind of sucks, because I think that Spencer Knight's probably three or four years away. But yeah. He's going to be in the show pretty soon. Barrett Hayton, you know what? He's had a lot of negativity around him. I get it. The Highland thing's stupid. National Anthem thing's stupid. But on the ice, of late especially, his play has has been of a leader. I mean, I think that was kind of a wake-up call for him and going, oh boy, yep, got the spotlight on me. Better start working my rear end off. Niels Hoaglander from Sweden. I mean, he lit it up. Led the, he's leading in points right now. He's a Vancouver Canucks second rounder. Plays in Rogel right now. Solid player. All round. Probably just one of the better pure offensive guys. I don't know if I'm going to say he's the best player in the tournament. I mean, he definitely shouldn't be getting tournament MVP. But yeah, he's got a lot of skill. Well, we will give him that one. Uh, from Switzerland, I liked Valentin Nussbaumer. He was good. He brought a different dynamic to that Swiss forwards who they're, they're, I don't want to say they're bad at scoring. They're bad at pushing the pace, but even against Russia, I mean, he was one of the guys leading the charge. Thought he did all right in that sense. Um, Eustace Anunen from Finland, goaltender there. We're going to see him tomorrow against Canada. Impressive again. As I said, you know what? He's a good goaltender. He had some struggles. But that's going to be a great game. Hofer versus Anadin. Yes, he was really elite in that one. I did like Samuel Havai in Slovakia. He was good. He wasn't great. I'm not going to say he's a great goaltender. He's leading the queue. He's good. Do I see him? Do I'm going to see he's going to be an NHL star? No, I, I just don't see that happening. His style of play is not really consistent with that of, you know, the elite NHL goaltenders or, or really any of the NHL goaltenders. So I'm not sure if that's really going to be an option down the road. Maxi Musarov, four goals for him. Pretty impressive by the Kazakh. They were competitive this year. I liked it. 
there wasn't any teams that were getting blown out. Like last year, we're talking about should we cut it down to an eight-team tournament? No. This year, Germany brought a great squad. Kazakhstan, they were right there. They really weren't too far out. And the last one, Libor Zabransky, he had four goals for the Czechs. This guy was dished off in the dub for a seventh-round draft pick. A seventh-round WHL draft pick is probably less than the dirt that you drive on. I don't know. I don't even remember how many rounds there are. I think there's like 15 or 20. It's wild. But still, a seventh-rounder. I know there's been some criticism. Maybe some people saying he's soft. But boy, his offensive ability. That was A plus for sure. Next up, we got to talk. I mean, we got a semifinal preview coming up later. But what is wrong with the U.S. junior program? They've got this big, like, you know, national team development program. They've got all these studs. And all of a sudden, when it comes to world junior time, they're just an absolute wreck. We're going to talk about that, their pathetic junior hockey system. After the break, it's World Hockey Report Live, coming on the 12-Ounce Sports Radio Network. We're back. It's World Hockey Report Live, coming on the 12-Ounce Sports Radio Network. Cody Jansen with you here. Coming to you from the Great White North, 825 local time. We already broke down most impressive players of the world juniors. That's my opinion. But we got to talk a little bit about this U.S. failure and their junior program that seems to be so so talked about as this successful, massive, amazing program. But when it comes to world junior time, they've been as mediocre as it comes. I don't know why. I, I really, I can't wrap my finger around it perfectly. But I've got a few thoughts on why they're struggling so much. And I think probably one of the main reasons that you've got to point a finger at is this national development team. You have them all together. They play together, what is it, like, you know, under 16, 17, 18, whatever it is. And then all of a sudden... You break them up, you send them their different ways, they got to learn a new style, and that same year, in less than three months, they're going to the World Juniors, expected to all play together again, with a few new faces in there, under a different style, different coach, and it's just an absolute gong show. I don't know why, they're one of the teams with the worst chemistry out there. Does that start from their junior hockey leagues? You know, what What does it stem from? I, I, I don't think it has as much to do with, you know, I, I as much as there's certain USHL GMs and such who will go and run their mouth on social media, I don't think that the USHL has anything to do with that or, you know, their, their level of competition. And here's my argument against that is I, I most of these players here, they're, they're playing college, they're playing NCAA, which everyone knows is, is arguably more competitive than major juniors. Because, I mean, if you're going to put a team of, you know, 
23, 24-year-olds up against 16-year-olds or 15-year-olds, depending on what WHL team you're playing against, everyone knows who's going to win. It's not that surprising. But still, you know, some people like to think that they've got it made. And so for college, yeah, I really do think that some of these teams are maybe are hurting the development of the players. I don't know if they're playing a a big enough role that it makes it worth their time. But for the most part, these guys are coming in here and, you know, your your Cole Caulfields, your Oliver Wallstrom, I know they're, they're different shoes, you know, if you're playing the American League, whatnot, it's a little bit different. But you got to make an impact. If you're a first rounder and that's what you're going to pull, not a good look, not a good look. So, you know, with a lot of the American players, they're playing major juniors or college, which is fair. Same as most places. Pretty even playing field. But yeah, I mean, you you baby these guys through this national team development program for, for two years and then you send them off into the real world. Well, it's kind of starting to hit them. <clears throat> I don't know. I, I I don't think ditching the program's the right thing to do, but I think you have to attack it a little bit differently. I'm not sure what that is. I don't I don't know how you can just flip the switch overnight. But Maybe it's making those national development teams not play against the USHL. Maybe it's making them only play college teams. I don't think playing pro teams is really an option or what will make them better. But yeah, they better figure something out. And then, you know, you see all these USHL teams talking, oh, this program, it's such a failure, whatever. Calm down, you know. The USA Junior Hockey System in general is a joke. The USHL, good. Solid league. The Null, pretty good. For the most part, a very damn good league. Aside from that, it's an absolute dumpster fire. Actually, the NCDC's kind of changed things. But yet again, I still don't agree with the model of charging your 12-year-olds and 14-year-olds more. So that these guys can play junior hockey for free. I, I don't think that's the way to fund a team or a league. And then, I mean, everyone knows my thoughts on all the other systems. We don't need to, to get into those extra pay-to-play junior leagues, outlaw leagues, whatever it is. It's all kind of a joke as soon as you start paying 10 plus grand to say you're a junior hockey player. That's probably where. But, you know what? Why can't Why can't the Americans have a major junior style league. That's where it really gets me because some of the most successful CHL programs are out of the States. You've got your Everett's, your Portland's. You know, I'm not going to say that they're leaving. They're going to leave the WHL and stuff like that. But why can't the USHL have a very similar league. They've got equally as good markets. 
I mean, they'd be able to throw it together, you'd think. One, it's probably got to stop with putting teams in, you know, little Iowa towns, which would be, you know, they're great classic USHL teams, but they're not major markets. You need some of those major markets to really make it successful. And it's possible, but it's going to take a big reform. And I don't think that the masterminds are essentially there to actually do any change out of USA Hockey. That's where I'll leave that one. It's World Hockey Report coming to you live on the 12-ounce Sports Radio Network. Cody Jansen with you. Connect with us any time on Twitter at World Hockey RPT. Of course, I'm on Twitter at Janner31. Show's brought to you by MyBookie.ag. If you're to place any money, hey, college bowl season slowly wrapping up. But NHL, full swing ahead. So yeah, you want to place some money down? Maybe uh, you think you're a little bit sharper. Or you're listening to Pete's Power Plays on 12-ounce sports. He's always good for making money. You got to go to MyBookie.ag, use the promo code 12OZSports, and they're going to match your deposit up to $1,000. That's right, $1,000 free money. Just for being a 12-ounce sports radio listener, go to one two or MyBookie.ag, use the promo code 12OZSports. <clears throat> should we talk about those Oilers for a little bit? I, I feel like we should. And we'll make it quick. How do you blow a 2-0 lead in Buffalo? Well, bad defensive plays. That's got to be your 1A. You actually get a half-decent game out of Mike Smith, and he played solid. You know, he did what you hope of Mike Smith. And end of the day, the Oilers just aren't a good enough team, weren't a good enough team to beat the Buffalo Sabres. This is a five-game road trip for them. Like they got Buffalo, Boston, someone else, Montreal, and then Calgary. I think they close it out on. So you get one point out of this. They were so bad in overtime. They were horrible in overtime. And, of course, it ends on a penalty shot. Jack Eichel versus Connor McDavid. Well, Eichel's not going to miss that one. He's too good. He's too good. Everyone wants to, you know, rip on him or something. They, they, they don't watch him enough. That's the thing. People out in Western Canada, we don't get to see that many Sabres games. So everyone's go, oh, Jack Eichel, overrated. Can't skate. Can't shoot. Doesn't play defense good enough. They don't watch him on a daily basis. That's a special player, to say the least. Walks down, makes Mike Smith look stupid in the shootout. Calgary, they pull out a win. They pull out a win. How about that for leak trade too, though? They dished off a good amount of cap space. And they got a draft pick back. They didn't have to package them with anyone. And I'll take that in a heartbeat. You free up $4.5 million in cap space. And you got rid of a fourth line guy. Now you don't have to deal with his agent running his mouth on Twitter into the media every time he gets demoted or sat in the press box because he's not doing good. One more thing I wanted to mention about the Oilers' loss. 
what's the media after going and making a big deal about McDavid doing a like a 30, 40 second press conference? Man, just be happy he spoke to you. Like yet again, he's pissed off. They just blew a 2 nothing lead in Buffalo. No Chippewa Street for them. Yeah, it sucked. They were bad in overtime. I don't think they touched the puck in overtime. They were horrible that third period. So yeah, he's going to be a little bit ticked off. But end of the day, the media makes such a big deal about it. That it's just... You feel bad for him, honestly. There, there comes a point in time, and I was probably one of the first ones to say it. Like, oh, you can't feel bad for him. Like, he's making how many millions, you know, sucking up, playing Edmonton. There comes a point in time where that's kind of got to suck. You know, your, your team, for one, pretty mediocre. But then there, there's just all the extracurriculars, you know. Would really love to know what McDavid thinks about Taylor Hall going down to the desert. You get to go live beautiful country. You're playing on one of the top teams in the Pacific. You don't have to worry about any media, drama, anything that comes with playing in a Canadian market. And I don't know, I, I just feel like if McDavid was somewhere else... Not he would be more successful because I, I still think, you know, he's, he's the best player in the NHL and you can put him on any team and he'll do that. But there does come a point in time where you have to say, I honestly think if McDavid's on another team, they're a Stanley Cup contender year after year. I don't know where that is. Like, I mean, if you put him in Winnipeg, Maybe not, or Vancouver, maybe not. But for the most part, Connor McDavid on any team should make them a cup contender. On the Edmonton Oilers, that is the furthest thing that they are. It's sad. I, I don't get it. I don't get what they can't figure out. I don't get why they haven't made more trades to help them out. I know that they're a little bit capped you know, handicap or cap tied, whatever. But still, they got to figure something out in Edmonton. You get on a hot run because McDavid and Dreisaitl are carrying you. And now what does Tippett want to do? He splits them up. No, that's the only reason you guys are winning hockey games. I don't know. I don't see a point in going against the green there. Uh... I guess we can talk a little bit about the outdoor classic. Cotton Bowl is pretty cool. 85,000 fans to watch an NHL game. That's something special. That's something good for the NHL. They definitely did that right. Corey Perry. How many games does he get for that elbow? I would say probably four or five. Honestly, he's got a, a little bit of a reputation. I'm not sure if he's a on paper, repeat offender, however the NHL does that. But I would say four or five. I'd say if you got five for that, I'd say it's probably fair. Dirty chicken wing elbow. Pretty intense game too. You don't mind seeing that. Preds bowl a late lead. Pierre Maguire. Deep throating a corn dog. Oh boy. That's a horrible image. If you haven't seen that, go on Twitter. 
I don't even want to think about that. Let's go to commercial break. It's World Hockey Report live coming on the 12 Ounce Sports Radio Network. When we come back, World Junior Semi-Final Preview. You got Sweden, Russia, Canada, Finland coming up tomorrow. We'll break those ones down next. 12 Ounce Sports. Back on this beautiful Friday, it's World Hockey Report live coming to you on the 12 Ounce Sports Radio Network. Cody Jansen with you. And hey, just after 8.48 local time, but you know what? We still got enough to preview the World Junior Semifinals. That's right, coming up tomorrow. Starts at 7 o'clock Mountain Standard Time. It'll be Sweden versus Russia on your TV, I'm assuming. You're watching it, right? Come on. Everyone loves the World Juniors. And I'm going to tell you this for free. This is the best semifinals that we've gotten in a long time. Not that I'm against upsets in the quarterfinals, but they make for really lame semifinals. They just do. It's, it's a fact of life. And now, I'm not against an upset by, say, Switzerland, Slovakia, whoever. I'm not against it. But... It really sucks when they got to play Sweden or Canada in the semifinal, and it's an automatic 6 nothing game. It's just an absolute write-off. It's no fun. Whereas this year, we got two dandies in the making. You got Sweden versus Russia. That's just to start it off. And this is something where Russia obviously finished pretty low just because, you know, they, they, they struggled. Let's go with that. In the, the round-robin play, they definitely could have done better. It happens, you know. Not a massive deal, if you ask me, about how Russia performed. I think at the end of the day, if you get to that round of eight, you're sitting pretty fine. But for the most part, you get the four best teams in the tournament going at it. Sweden and Russia, both good on the penalty kill. Goaltenders, Sweden's got a little bit of an advantage. Askarov had a rough start. But I think head-to-head, I'm going with Askarov in this one. The way that he's turned his tournament around and how good he can be. You might like the goaltending on Russia just a little bit more. Although Sweden dominant victory over the Czechs. Everyone knows Czech Republic beat Russia. That's to open the tournament though. Totally different atmosphere. It felt like a different tournament, honestly. It's been so long. Boxing Day feels like two months ago. Decade ago. <laughs> Not going to make that joke. That's horrible. I, I should be kicked off the radio for that. Let's hope Jeff didn't hear it. Um, Russia's undisciplined, that's for sure. They've got 90 penalty minutes in five games. That's impressive. Power play. Russia's power play. I don't think they scored a goal. Until they played, I want to say, Germany. Someone like that. It was a while. They took some time to get started. Pretty bad. Pretty bad for them. Sweden's power play clicking at around 40% in this one. I don't know. I don't really have a, a prediction or anything to give you. Well, that's a lie. Of course, I've got a prediction. But it's 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 just going to be... I, I just want people to enjoy the hockey game. We've got such a 
great, great semifinal slate on Saturday. It's going to be awesome. It is. It really is. You get Sweden versus Russia, two of the top European hockey countries, just over the past 10, 20 years. And then you get Canada, Finland to follow that one up. So here's what I'm going to say. For Sweden, Russia, I do think that Russia is going to come out on top on this one. And I think it's going to be a little bit more low scoring than people expect. I want to say 3-2, but I also want to say 4-3. Very much on the fence right now. But I will go 3-2. Russia wins this one. And they advance to the final. Sweden, congrats on 52 straight round robin wins, but just one gold medal in that time since 2006. That's not going to get it done. Moving along, Canada, Finland in the other one. Goaltending advantage, definitely to Finland. Numbers-wise, Ananen has been incredible. Joel Hofer, I think he's been very solid when called upon. Made some big saves against Slovakia. Let's not forget, they allowed seven shots in the first five minutes. They had to kill off a major penalty to start the game, pretty much. Hofer was tested. Not for 60 minutes, but he faced a little bit there. Germany... They put the pressure on in that second period. Hofer played solid. He had to come in against Russia. He allowed two goals. I'm, I'm just trying to go off the top of my head here. I think it was two goals. I really do. But if Hofer's on his game, he can be one of the best goaltenders in the world for his age. Canada, another team that struggled with discipline. If you want to start giving Finland five-minute power plays, you're going to be in trouble, especially when your penalty killing is as poor as Canada's. 73% on the penalty kill. That's not good. That's not good. Finland, they're firing at about 86% on the power play. Canada's definitely. I think they're second in the tournament at 44%. Finland's power play is at 30%. Canada definitely has more scoring weapons. I think they've got better defensemen and goaltending. Let's give the advantage to Finland. It's a very close wash. But here's where the game completely changes and you can throw everything out the window. Systems. The Finns seem to find a way every single tournament to have guys that just gel together. They just, they, they do the right things. As weird as it sounds, Finland finds a way to win hockey games to come together at the right time. And it's a little bit scary. But here, I'm also going to go back on that. Adam tweeted out yesterday, just trying to find that one here. If anyone feels good about Canada playing Finland, don't. They've got the best goalie and typically either finish gold or sixth and they can't finish sixth anymore. Very true. Very true. <clears throat> Here's where I don't quite agree with that. You're way rather, you would way rather play Finland than Russia in the semis. 
Canada got clobbered by Russia. It's already in the back of their mind. And Russia's a great team. Russia's got speed. They're physical. They're fast. They got good goaltending. And they do what Canada doesn't like. That's why. That's why Canada is happy. Maybe not... I don't know. What's the word you use? Feels good. Maybe you don't feel good about playing Finland. But you feel a heck of a lot better playing Finland than you do playing Russia. As Ray Ferraro said, you never think Finland's a powerhouse, but they always seem to find 20 guys who play the exact same way and they're in every game. That's very true. And this year, goaltending, it's a big difference maker. You beat USA 1-0, that's impressive enough as is. What a save by Askarov against Switzerland. Just seeing the replay again. Boy, he made some big ones. Switzerland, there we're not a joke this year. And Finland goaltending, you got Ananen. Last year it was that Uka Pekka Luknen UPL. Let's just go with that because I probably butchered his name right there. He was an absolute stud. There were some dirty hits in that American game too. I'm not sure. That's not really the American style, but I think they just knew that they could take advantage of the Finns. The Finns aren't a physical team, and that, that's exactly how Canada is going to beat them. If you can play physical on Finland, you will have opportunities. You will get your, your chances to really dominate them. They beat them clean in the preseason, I know, or pre-tournament. I know it's a totally different game. But if Canada plays the way they do, they could win 4-5-2. Could see it happening. I'll go 5-2 Canada. That's going to be my prediction. I wouldn't be that surprised if Finland pulls off the upset. They've got that potential. But end of the day, I got to stick with Canada because they're just that. On paper, they're that much better. The eye test, you know, they're... They're a weird team, Canada. But, you know what? Healthy. Seems like they are. They had a pretty easy quarterfinals. They should be well-rested. And there we go. Finish it off. 5-2 Canada. That's going to do it. Another World Hockey Report back here on Monday. Thanks for everyone who uh, listens, tunes in, watches. Shows brought to you by Seat Giant and MyBookie.ag. Of course, please support them. They support us. Use the promo code 12OZSports. You're going to save money on your next ticket buying purchase. Or if you use it on MyBookie. They're going to match your deposit up to $1,000. Alrighty, enjoy World Juniors tomorrow. It is going to be a blast, everyone. Thanks, as always. Back here Monday, same time, same place, 12-ounce sports. Yeah.